Episode 61 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the Supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne. And Wayne, it was a good day in hockey today. It was, yeah, pretty, well, it was okay. Um, You know, as much as, like, I didn't, I really didn't want us to face the Russians again, um, you know, to see them go down like that was still, it's it's kind of sad. You know, like a lot of those players are, you know, admire them as, as players in the NHL, so... Well, yeah, and since the Cold War's ended, and like you said, there's so many Russian players in the NHL, uh, you know, certainly one that most of us in this area love, Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, yep, Ovi's a big, big local uh, celebrity. So, yeah, yeah, but he only scored one goal. He scored the first goal uh, in the Olympics for Russia, and then that was it. So, But uh, but on the other hand, though, uh, Team USA looked awesome against Czechoslovakia, so... All right. And, you know, the Olympics uh, is obviously putting a dent in TV because even even NBC, of course, which is showing the Olympics, uh, you know, a lot of their shows are on hold at this point or running reruns uh, when they can. You know, even the other channels aren't really using new episodes. So it gave me a chance to take a look at the Amazon Prime, uh, I guess, pilot episode put together by Chris Carter, who we all know from the X-Files, The After. And you, you said you haven't seen it yet, right? I still have not seen it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth a, uh, taking a look at it. It was very impressive. And, you know, they clearly spent a lot of money producing this pilot. Well, yeah. I mean, Chris Carr is not going to just get involved in some rinky-dink production, right? Right. And I guess the deal is you vote and, and you rate the episode. And, you know, so I don't know how much credence Amazon is going to put into those or if they're looking at, you know, how many downloads it gets or whatever. But, you know, you, you can take a look at it for free and, you know, definitely worth an, uh, worthwhile. Now, the other thing I've been looking at, you know, since there's been a lull and I was telling you this, I think, at work is Vikings, which clearly is not a genre show, but it's still damn cool. Yeah, well, it could be genre-ish. It's like fantasy-ish, right? Well, yeah, okay. I, I could see um, Bison. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's like the, the attraction of it is right. that and it t- kind of plays off of the those kind of Lord of the Rings type stuff, right? Yeah, and a Valkyrie would fit right yeah. in. So, uh, but yeah, definitely cool on the History Channel. I, again, I took a look at the pilot there, and I just haven't had a chance to watch the second episode yet, so... Pretty darn cool, but uh, what have you been watching? Well, I finally got Game of Thrones Season 3, which everyone's oh. like, dude, like, finally, that was a year ago. I'm like, yeah, but don't now, Did HBO, that come today? So. Uh, I got yesterday. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, and, you know, we didn't talk about this last time, I don't think, but I've really been liking Helix, actually. Yeah, you said that, and I was talking to Michael about it. He's just, uh, you know, he's got it in his queue, but he hasn't really watched much. Wow. You yeah, guys are, especially, I mean, you guys were the big Battlestar fans before me, so I would, I assumed you guys would be much more enthusiastic. But. Well, I wanted to be, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. And, and look, you tell me it's really good. Other people have told me that it's, it's good, so yeah, I'll probably revisit it. Okay. I'm just saying it's good. Yeah. Well, I, I trust there, you. There's most a lot of, the of that, that, that mystery and what's going on. And oh, and uh, oh, who is it? Jerry Ryan oh. is on. She, she uh, showed up on the last episode. Okay. Well, that's always a good thing. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh, I got to tell Vin about this one because <laughs> I'm just like, all right, let's scratch that. I got to tell Dave about this. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, we're here to talk about episode 12 of Lost Girl, which is titled Origin, um, written by Alexandra Zeroni, directed by Steve DeMarco. Uh, so what'd you think? First impressions. First impressions was I was confused. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> the first um, time I watched at the end, I was like, uh, what? I found like the basic narrative of it, but I wasn't quite sure why things were happening, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And uh, before we go too far, though, uh, you got anything you want to talk about with Project X tonight? Uh, nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and really, there wasn't a whole lot in, in this episode. Um, you know, so, you know, I guess you get to the point where they've pretty much covered just about everything. Yeah. And as we kind of talked about last podcast, uh, it seems that they're getting to a point where they're kind of making up things. Yeah. 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 So, like so for, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on like we did last. I hate when people say piggyback. I don't know why I just said that. Uh, but, you know, last time we talked about the Pyrapus, right? And, and how we could only really find the the one bit of text on it in all of digital dumb and so today i was poking about the showcase website and i looked at the uh the blog the recap for the past episode episode 13 in this case and there was nothing in fact it seems like they're going kind of out of their way to refer to him only like in vaguely, not directly, you know, so they didn't have to actually. So I went back to episode 12 and read through that one. And there is one part in there where they actually have it typed out. Okay. And they have it out as two words. P-E-R is the first word. Okay. And A-P-I-C-E. Huh. And I was like, how did they get okay. that? So I figured, all right, well, I'll look that up. Uh, nope. <laughs> okay, so they, they just made it. I up. Think or whoever they just made it up too. Yeah. So yeah, so. whoever writes that blog probably just made it up. Yeah, so. exactly. Because I don't really know what you know connection he actually has to um, Showcase Network, but well, uh, yeah, I figure it's on the it's on the Showcase you know yeah, you, website, so it, it, there must be some element of credibility there. But uh, yeah, yeah, you would think so. But, well, you know, a couple themes jumped out at me, you know, in this episode. And, and certainly one of the things that jumped out at me is that Bo just being pulled in so many directions. And, I, and and it's not sure if it's starting to get to her, if that's really fair to say, but clearly she's being pulled in a lot of directions. You know, we've got, uh, you know, certainly Destiny, which is, you know, we've run into that theme many times. Uh, Revenge, which... You know, comes from a you know perhaps unlikely source. I mean, not given what we know now, but uh, and then remorse, an increasingly annoying source, I would say. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it should come as no surprise to the listeners that I think we disagree slightly on that. But <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of this team. Sure. So, all right. Anyway, opening scene. You know, I'm not sure we've had a funeral in the four seasons of Lost Girl. Um, yeah, like, oh, even people dying hasn't really happened quite so much, mm -hmm. um, at least not permanently. <laughs> right. right, but I, I mean, I don't remember. No. I, yeah, I could I, be wrong, an actual funeral. I, so I agree. I don't, I don't think we've had a, a funeral itself. And like you said, we had a lot of people die, but we're at Hale's funeral, and I, I don't know. You know, to me, it was a pretty moving scene. You've got Kenzie. I guess she was sitting with Hale's family. Um, his is his. I can't see. I can't remember. Is his sister still alive? 
She is. Yes. Okay. So I think that was her. She was. He was. We, we, she. You think since last week we would have actually because we had this question before about yeah. how many people in his family are, are still with us and uh, you know right. we didn't know then and we uh, continue not to really know apparently. Yeah, yes. And then Bo and Tamson sitting together on the other side while Dyson's delivering the eulogy and. You know, I, I think pretty heartfelt eulogy. I mean, he said a lot of things that you would expect a best friend to say. Sure. And, you know, eulogies are eulogies and, you know, they, um, I actually went to one that was surprisingly honest. Uh, the, the priest delivering the eulogy was just basically said, you know, we, you know, whenever we do these, we make the person who died sound like a saint. And, you know, this person wasn't a saint. He was a good person. He wasn't the greatest person, you know? So it was like, it's like yeah, a little bit, a little bit of honesty. Whereas most, you know, try to make the person. This is the greatest person who ever lived. He's always nice, always kind, always friendly, always you know, and you know, kind of paint an unrealistic picture of the person. But uh, yeah, every now and then, someone delivers like the the honest one, like not the brutally honest one, but just like the yeah. But uh, but again, I think Hale was. You know, we really didn't see too many negative things from him. I mean, you know, in terms of Hale, you know, perhaps he was too naive. Perhaps he was too nice. You know, it was a, was a flaw, but, um, sure. No, he was a good guy. Yeah. So he clearly a good guy discount. Right. Clearly Bo and Kenzie don't follow along with the day of silence that apparently was supposed to, uh, ensue after the funeral. And, you know, we see that scene with the two of them alone at the grave site, Bo trying to console her when, I'm not sure where she came from, but the knight from the Order of Reina comes out of the bushes, pledges her fealty to Bo, her queen. Yeah. That was a bit much, probably. It was a bit much, but, uh, (laughs) you know, know, she turned out to be kind of an interesting character, Rosette, that is. I I, I did like her while she was around. She was. You know, and about, like, the whole with Bo trying to console her, you know, when people are, like, really raw and the grief is still, like, very much at the surface, kind of the last thing you want to hear is it will get better. Yeah, and and, you know? and certainly, you know, there's so many other factors. You know, of course, she still blames Bo for not, you know, bringing Hale sure. back. Uh, she's got to feel guilt uh, you know, the, I don't know if she's put two and two together yet about the twig of Zamora. Oh, she she totally did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, so you know, the, like you said, there's a lot going on, very raw, and and yeah, probably better just to, you know, really just sit with her and don't say anything. Exactly, it's probably the best thing to do rather than delivering cliches. Um, yep. just kind of like just be there. Yep. But Rosette takes care of that, right? Tells yep. Bo she's in danger, and I'm here to protect you. Yeah, so suddenly it becomes all about Bo once again, and that's kind of that's that's the very raw nerve for Kenzie at this point in time. Yeah, now you had even mentioned today that it just seemed like every every scene somebody was spouting out a prophecy, and you got tired of writing them all down. No, I, I didn't even bother. I didn't even start. I just I, I, <laughs> I was like, should I be writing these? I'm like, oh, there's like one every other scene. I'm like, uh, Dave probably's writing them down. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote most of them. I'm not sure I got them all, but uh, you know, so so in this early one, her message is that it was foretold that with the death of the Unamens, the Purpus would rise. It is you he seeks. Death of the Unamens has apparently created the power of the Origin Seed, which which we kind of knew already. So. Where did she come from? You know, Rosette, that is. So so clearly that's, you know, a, a mystery at this point. She comes straight out of hell? Well, 
no, we yeah. know where she came from. She was on the train with Rain. She was on the train, right. With and Rainer. somehow she got off. Right? I guess maybe she, you know. Got, well, no, because it's like Bo didn't know who she was. So I don't know. Somehow she got out. Well, other Faye can get off the train too. So, right. Um, all right. Now, Massimo, uh, you know, he's, he's really run the whole gamut for me. I mean, you know, you know, back when he was just dealing, uh, you know, sparkle stuff to Kenzie, you know, he, he was tolerable, but man, what an unlikable character. I mean, geez, you throw a guy in a fire and try to burn him to death and, you know, look what you get. Yeah, and it's even before that because before you sell him the sparkle, I, I can't remember what they're dealing with him for, but you know he was always this kind of like shady, kind of shifty drug dealer type guy. But he was still, I kind of thought he was a little cool, you know. Yeah. And I, I kind of liked the character uh, because he was so kind of unrepentantly, you know, sh- you know, shifty. Yeah, and then. That's the whole scene where he, right before he dies, when he starts mentioning his mother, and he goes crazy, and then all of a sudden he becomes like a crazy guy. And for me personally, that shift in character is a little much, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, we, we, we do find out the big reveal in this episode that we know his mom, right? Right. So that, uh, but it's, like, ter- it's totally not surprising at all. Right. Really? See, now I, I I certainly didn't see that one coming. Really? You know, that, that that Ebony is his mother. You seriously didn't see that one coming? Yeah, no, not oh, really. Oh, Dave, seriously? Like even like way back when he was like mommy, mommy, and then like because Ebony had sent him there, right? Ebony was like yeah. behind this whole yeah, true. But thing. what was what was with the old mouth to mouth kiss there? Well, that was awkward. <laughs> it was definitely awkward. <laughs> hey, have uh, you ever seen uh, the Lawrence Olivier Hamlet? Uh, no. Okay. So it's like made in, uh, 41, I think like, you know, it's black and white, definitely an old movie. And, uh, you know, Lawrence Olivia's playing Hamlet and the woman playing his mom is very young, very attractive woman. And there's a, the scene in there where he's talking to his mother and right before she leaves, I mean, it was like that. It was a long mouth on mouth kiss that just, it's like. I can only imagine what people back in the forties must have thought, because even watching today, you're like, "Whoa!" You know. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, aside from the uncomfortable nature of it, I mean, she refers to him as an albatross, so she just she doesn't like him clearly, and he's just trying to impress mommy. So I'm not even sure where it comes from. You know, okay, maybe you can explain it on his end, but certainly not hers. Well, I think. It's just all about playing him, and that's what she's all about: is manipulating people. And so, yeah, you know, she knows how to manipulate him. She doesn't like him, but she knows how to work him. Yeah. Well, we do find out he's got he, he he's made a rather uh, important acquisition because he's got the origin seed now. And yeah, which she couldn't even care. Like she's just like, oh, you're such a loser. Yeah. He's like, hey, Bobby, look, I got the origin seed. She's just like. Totally calls him a tool and yeah misses and, her chance at the origin seed. Yep. Kenzie tries to kill him earlier in the episode, um, you know, and, and we find out the other connection. Okay. See, now, I certainly didn't see it coming. Do you, so I guess you saw it coming with Vex, too, huh? 
That I did not see. Okay, no, right. No, so I, so could, I couldn't claim that. But right, so like a couple episodes ago, I mean, certainly Evany was like because really, if you think about, it, obviously, his mother is going to be someone that we know. So who are, are like our our list of suspects? Well, females who are Faye, and that's like Bo, and Evany. Yeah, true. And that's so. pretty much it. Unless they're going to haul out some. Like the dream weaver. Yeah, yeah uh, true. <laughs> but, you know, so, I, you know, it's just kind of process of elimination. It's probably not Bo, because she would know if she had a kid, I imagine. So, right. Well, Kenzie, Kenzie wants revenge, so who do you call? You know, Ghost you call Vax. Busters. Oh, Vax, and, I mean. Yeah, and, and surprisingly, you know, he, he seems to hesitate. And I'm thinking, like, okay, you know, you're, you're seeing characters that are changing. You know, Tamsin certainly is the first one that comes to mind. But, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, that, and then we find out that Vex actually raised Massimo. Yeah. And again, we talked about how Massimo's inconsistency of character and I mean, Vex. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Talk about an unvexing Vex, you know, like, uh, just, like although I just I, I, I didn't even know who he was. Well, he does get off, though, the line at the end there. Every little psycho needs his mummy. <laughs> yeah. No, he had some good lines in there, but just the whole hugging him and saying, hey, don't we always take care of each other, buddy? Yeah. You know, they're like, who the hell is this? You know, like, well, 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 but I think, you know, when he, when he points out that he had taken a blood oath and, and that you see that, you know, for all the evil things that he does, that, that the blood oath means something to him. Of course, Kenzie you know, points out you fay in your blood oaths, you know, because obviously that's not what she wants to have happen at this point. So, all right. What about Lauren? You know, um, I, I know I'm probably going to ruffle a few feathers, uh, you know, when I get to something I want to say about her, but, uh, you know, we, we see Lauren reading about Rainer in the history book, beast of evil will betray the fay. Um, you know, Trick and, and Ebony are going to try to unite to deal with the Rainer problem. So, so you know, it, it, we're starting to see perhaps Rainer's not who we thought he was. Um, Rosette comes into the doll, recognizes Rainer, and then, you know, okay, well, okay, so maybe he's not so bad, you know, that, that uh, although she feels, you know, she failed him. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's just all the prophecies that are like surprisingly detailed. You know, like it's almost like I said, uh, Bo will in scene forty two. Bo will. You mean do if this. the wanderer like, is rescued? Then, yeah, all this stuff. But uh, but yeah, at this point, we're still very uncertain about what Rainer's whole deal is and whether he's good or bad. And certainly, it seems like he's bad because Lauren feels that she's got him dead to rights, but. You know, well, then, I mean, we we know who cursed him, uh, you know, and, and you know, to throw out a prophecy there, if the wanderer is rescued and the curse lifted, he shall be cursed again within seven days. Yeah. So, so like, how did they miss that one before? You know, like, oh, well, I just discovered this curse, but unfortunately, like six days have gone past. What's that? You know, it's like I don't know. They think there should be like you have like a Wikipedia of you know curses. Relating to the Wanderer, that they they get them all at once, you know. Yeah, well, you know, and then you can't, you know, you're trying to get some more information. So, what do you do with the Wanderer card? Burn it. Yeah, burn it. Why not? And uh, we get the MMXV 2015 
And somebody throws out there, oh, maybe it's 815. I'm not sure how they got 815 out of that, though. That's of, that's like military time. Oh, oh right, 2050. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, Lauren comes in, mentions it could be map coordinates, uh, you know, and then we get the whole thing again. The women of the horse shall rise. But we finally, you know, we, we see Bo and Lauren confronting each other, right? And, and, and Bo confronts her over her choice to go dark, even though, you know, Lauren comes out with that line, everything I do, I do for you. There's a yeah. song about that, isn't there? But yeah. yeah. But please don't sing it. Yeah, I, I um, if, if I can remember. No, okay. Well, don't go <laughs> it. It's like it. Richard Marks or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, Bo doesn't want to hear it, you know, and, and I'm not sure whether we expected, you know, no, them Brian to. Brian Adams, I think. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> that could be worse. Uh, you know, Dude, so we're not. <laughs> Brian Adams is awesome, man. <laughs> we're not sure what the, you know, reuniting is going to be. And, and clearly it's, it's a little bit in a deep freeze, I guess you could say. Yeah, all right. So, so Bo says, I chose you and you broke my heart. Like, did I miss something? I, I, you know what? I'm thinking the same thing. Right. I, exactly. And it goes back to, and, and I guess that's what's so fascinating about Bo's character that she's so heroic on so many levels, but it's almost like, are you kidding? Really? You think that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that I, I was, I was kind of racking my brain to, to and see, this is, this just leads to the confusion. Right? This and, is I, why, and I'm looking at I my just notes. I don't understand why people are saying the things they're saying and why they're doing the things they're doing. I just don't know what's going on here. Right. In my notes, I'm looking here. I've got really in all caps. <laughs> and then did I miss something? And, and all right. Now, here, here's what I, you know, I guess is perhaps going to come out sounding somewhat controversial. Uh, slut Lauren. Oh, boy. I knew you were going to say it. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, do we have another spy bang here? I mean, you know, Ebony comes home. Lauren's in her bed telling her she wants to join the dark. Right. So, so we know what the end game is. She, she's going to turn her human. But, I mean, that was the only delivery system available? Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, not that it wasn't enjoyable sh- to watch. She might have been. Well, there wasn't anything to watch. Well, true. It, it, I, I actually of. wrote that down. That's like the shortest sex scene ever. Like, all of a sudden, she just, like, comes up and kisses her, and like, which is, yeah. you know, problematic in and of itself. But, yeah. you know, so, I mean, like, we, we discussed this. You know, like, I mean, just... <laughs> it just when 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 they that reveal that it was like she delivered the serum through Cunnilingus. I just I, I was like, is is that seriously how she got her to take the serum again? Uh, did I miss something? Yeah. But, uh... like, why did that have to be the method? I mean, granted, ten million points for creativity. But what the Lewis solution for difficult fay? Yeah, I mean, what um, the hell? Like, like I would just say, hey, Ebony, I, I, I just whipped up some lemonade. You want a cup of lemonade? Here's your cup of lemonade. Yeah, right but now, no. right now, right preceding that, you know, she tells Ebony she wants her to claim her, you know, and goes through her whole spiel about you know being disrespected by the light and 
Well, obviously, we know that was all a ruse, but, it, but it, you know, it kind of in contrast to the end of the episode when Kenzie demands that Bo unclaim her, which, yes. you know, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, but I, again, I just I don't know. I, I just that, that scene with Lauren and Ebony just just I, I, I just didn't like it. I guess I just felt like I don't want to say it's out of character for Lauren because she's done it before. But I, I guess I just feel like, you know, that, that she seemed to be on a different path. And, you know, here she strays on it. So, you know, again, maybe well, she's got this big plan. You know, Ebony is attractive. No question, there, but that's not why she did it. Uh, but she might say, let's kill two birds with one stone here, right? Okay. I kind of dig Ebony. I kind of like to be with her, kind of like to get with her. I also need to get Ebony to get this serum. Okay. So let's put the peanut butter and chocolate together here and let's work out, let's work out something. Okay. I don't know um, that's what she right. thought. But, you know, I mean, I, I think just basically the the writers had hinted earlier on at attraction between the two with the whole pizza and beer moving thing. Sure. And so I, I fear that... I, I assume that they just thought the fans are looking for a payoff there. You know, they're expecting Ebony and Lauren to get together because there was a little bit of sparkage back then. And so they figured, okay, well, we're going to, you know, kind of manufacture uh, a sex scene, but it's not just because we can't just have it as just sex because it, it, then it is Lauren kind of selling out. Uh, it has to be a, a reason for the sex. Like Lauren has to have a, noble quote-unquote reason for well, the sex I, well no i mean i mean you're saying you think that has to be i mean i don't think that i mean i don't think it has to be i just think that they really wanted to write i, I just think that they really just just jones in the right sex scene with lauren and, and ebony okay so what's her reason for needing ebony to be human is it just an experiment no th- see that that was i actually had that very same question and watching it the second time here is i'm not positive that this is the reason. I think the reason is Lauren's in the library and she overhears Ebony talking to, now she doesn't know it's trick that Ebony's talking to. She just hears Ebony's side of the conversation. And Ebony says, basically, you know, um, everything would be easier if the succubus was dead. Right. And then trick comes out, you know, I'm not going to kill my granddaughter. Right. Which ironically, I guess Lauren only heard you know, Ebony's side and must have left before Trick talked. So she okay. didn't the Trick. So what my theory is, is that in order to protect Bo, she made Ebony human. Okay. I'm okay. not sure. Um, well, I mean, that certainly makes sense. That's so, the only so. reason. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. It's just like, why did she do that? I mean, because the first time I watched it, I was like, why did she do that? I mean, why, why, why go to the lengths of making Ebony a human? Like... Uh, I just don't see again confusion. That's like yeah. the main theme, I think, of this okay. well, last episode, this twelfth uh, episode. Well, and, and like you said, I mean, it's been jumping all around, and we haven't hit the spiritual center yet with the uh, sisters of the horse. And and you know, certainly we've heard you know about Bo being the one, and you know, yeah, I, I believe this is probably the first time we've really heard her referred to as the queen. Um, but, you know, again, we get some more Pyrrhus information, and, you know, one of the sisters tells Bo that the Pyrrhus is her father. Okay, great. Okay, so we're 
We're getting a little closer to finding out who her father is. Right. And, and We've Bo been go- down this road before. Right. Though. And she she starts remembering all these little horse clues, you know, along the way from previous episodes. Um, if he is evil, then a part of me must be evil as well, which, you know, at first glance seems to be, you know, perhaps a little melodramatic, but to a certain extent, she's right. I mean, I mean, it's you know, we are a product of our of our parents, and you know, even though her father didn't raise her, so yeah, well, yeah, uh, it's like your your DNA is you know partly of who you are. You know, of course, that's whether you are by more into the nature or nurture type. Yeah, thing. and then we find out, you know, Rosette's uh, again back. You know, bad, good, bad. good. That uh, tells her that her alliance with Rainer is going to release her father from his prison, and and you know so we start to get this like, oh, okay. Now, so, in her defense, she does forewarn them about that, right? Yeah, true, true. Like I said, uh, that's definitely going to happen if you do this thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, you know, we we get the whole thing about like I mentioned about the queen, and it, it doesn't seem simply mean. The queen, it means Bo is the one. And, and again, that's still sort of a vague term, you know, that the, the one what? The one that's going to go up against the Pyrrhus, I guess. Yeah, the um, one who will make everything better or the one who will make everything worse. I mean, the horse whisperer says to her, if it comes, you will bring death and destruction. So, I mean, is that, that good or bad? I mean, that is, seems death and to destruction be bad. to, okay, well, or death and destruction to. The Pyrrhus, so which seems like that would be good. Yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, we do have a wedding, right? Yes. And yeah. I had to look up what hand fasting was. That uh, um, I'm not sure. You know, I, I my I, my mind wandered when I heard them refer to hand fasting. Um, yeah, mine must have too. Yes, yeah, so, no uh, idea what his, you're talking his, about. Historical for betrothal. So. Um, you know, the hand fasting cannot be killed, they said. Anyway, so both says, are, the... are we supposed to get married? And, you know, so they get married. And who was it? Rosette? Is that who married them? Yes. Okay. Because, uh, like, right after they're married, she does, like, her evil chuckle. Like, <laughs> Right. And and, I'm like, come on, man. And, and we got a lot of fast and furious action at the end. You know, Massimo swallows the seed. Bo agrees to bind with Rainer to save his life. Face her father on his own terms. This is not about love. It's about taking care of my family. Ugh, really? <laughs> and then he's believe. like, well, I kind of love you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, poor Rainer. Yeah. Well, and as soon as the wedding's ended, the marriage ceremony, Rosette starts laughing sardonically. The yeah. prophecy has been written. She will rise with the wanderer by her side, and together they will release the Lord of Darkness. The Dark Lord rises from hell. All right, that's not good. Yeah, and this whole Dark Lord rises, I mean, that's you know, very Harry Potter type stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So something, though, uh, compels Rosette to walk into the fire. You know, yeah, I'm not, well, I'm not sure about at that. At first, I thought they were going to go like Great Pumpkin on this one because uh-huh. she's like, he's going to show up. I know it. He's going to show up. And then she throws herself in the fire like, wow. If that had happened in Peanuts, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. And but then, I kind of want it to because Linus is super annoying in that uh, that cartoon. 
Yeah. So, you know, it, it ends with uh, Bo uttering, what have we done? Um, well, you know, you released the hounds of hell, dear. No, yeah, you know what she did. They said, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you bind with him that you're going to release the parapist and you yep. went and yep. did it. Yep. So, so you know, um, that's kind of a dumb question. Yep. So, you know, we've got a few things, you know, left hanging. Obviously, Kenzie's desire for revenge against Massimo is is certainly uh, still out there. Uh, you know, Bo's destiny is still out there. The fact that she's being pulled in all these different directions is clearly still out there. So, you know, um, I, you know, I, certainly an uneven episode. You know, I think I think you really nailed it with your first reaction. But uh, it, at least it gave us, at least it moved the story forward. Which it, we haven't been able to say a lot lately. Yeah, and and I, we talked about this. It's exactly my problem. Is I think it like the whole story has been just dragging this whole season, moving it ahead by just tiny increments, and all of a sudden in episode twelve, it's like light speed. You know, like all these narrative elements that might have made a lot more sense had they played out over a number of episodes just all get chucked into this one. Like we have to reconcile all this stuff all at once. And it was just, you know, it was just too much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just too, too, too much. Right. Too much prophecy, too many, too many things to process. And, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, you didn't even have time to process by the time I'm trying to figure out like the next thing's going on and some new prophecy or some new things happening. Just like, ah, uh, just, you know, yeah, like for example, like the the horse lady story that is almost like an episode in and of itself. It seems right, mm-hmm. like and Massimo, like dealing with him. That you know, it's just like these stories that you know take out. Which you know, hats off to you, Dave. You you called it early in the season. You were getting frustrated thinking that they're wasting episodes on these kind of one off stories, and I was just like, ah, no, nah, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. But now that we're here. I have to agree with you. Yeah. That some of this stuff could have been introduced long ago. It would have made much more sense. It would have worked out as a narrative, as a story, much better rather than throwing it all in at once where it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, all the action and all the the drama, it's great. It just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else? No. Okay. I think that might be it. All right. Well, we will be back. Next time to talk about the season finale. And, you know, we still really haven't heard about season five yet. And, you know, I, I think at, at this point in the previous four seasons, we already knew about a renewal. So, you know, I'm not sure what that's all about. Um, but, you know, still waiting to hear. Yeah. So. Well, you know, maybe they're, they're waiting for Continuum to go to run its course and then uh, they'll announce them both at the same time, which. I think they'll be kind of doing that, right? Yeah, sort of. But uh, anyway, you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com or check out the website, fatalist.podbean.com, where you can uh, you know, send us a voicemail, email, whatever. Um, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and please continue to access us through iTunes. But until next time. My God, Dave, what have we done? <laughs>